Tonight, the two men who want to represent Tennessee House District 42. Plus, we explore the issues facing the town of Monterey and Van Buren County, the current budget situation, and what lies ahead. From News Talk 94.1 and Lake Rock 95.9, your chance to hear where the candidates stand, their background, their interests. Election 2020. Meet the candidates. Election Day two days away. We've asked the candidates vying for local office to share with you their thoughts on what the issues are, where they stand, their background, and how they want to lead the Upper Cumberland. We begin with Tennessee House District 42 as Dennis Bynum takes on the incumbent, Ryan Williams. Dennis Bynum, welcome to Meet the Candidates. Uh, Good to be here. Good to be here, Mr. Stone. It's an honor. Why the plunge? Why did you decide that this was something that you needed to do? Well, it's kind of a cute little story. I have done an awful lot in helping other people get elected, worked with John Rose, uh, Marsha Blackburn, helped her mayors. i got a very good friend that's a congressman on the other side of the state that a lot of people here know, uh, Congressman Mark Green. Um, done a lot to try to help them and try to help the cause and keep the, our conservative values in front of everybody. And uh, over a period of time, I started getting a lot of people saying, why don't you run for office? And I just didn't really know what direction I wanted to do. And it happened so much, I finally got on my knees one night and prayed and said, Father, if you want me to do this, show me a sign. Well, the next morning, I went into my wife's nail spa, Foxy Nails here in town. She sent me to the bank to get change. And as I'm walking in, a very nice older lady that had been at that fundraiser for Mark Green about six or eight months prior came over, gave me a hug, and said, my husband and I were talking about you last night. We think you need to run for District 42 state rep. And I looked up real quick, and I said, Jesus, thank you. There's my sign. So that's what got me in it. What has it been like compared to what you thought it might be like running for office? Well, you know, because of COVID and our tornado, uh, it has been completely different. Um, It has been fun and exhilarating. I have found uh, many friends that I never knew I had. Uh, I've always been a very friendly and and a a people person and can talk to anybody, can relate to anybody, whether you're a, a doctor or a ditch digger, just something my dad and my mother instilled in me. To, to always treat everybody uh, as an equal, uh, treat them with respect. That has helped a lot. It has been a lot of work. Um, I've, got, I've got probably 85, maybe 90 of those large four-foot by eight-foot banners. I've put every single one of them in the ground myself. I've got one young man that helps me with my, my campaign, uh, Noah McKay, outstanding young man, a tech graduate. Um, it, it's been great, and, and I'm really doing this um, – I'm doing this for, for our future. I've got four beautiful, diverse children. I'm so proud of them. I've got a grandson. I want, I want to be able to bring our focus back to District 42. The gentleman I'm running, he's a nice young man, but he has had his focus on Nashville, and Nashville ways do not work in Putnam County, and, and that's the biggest reason I'm doing it. Um, it, 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 it go back to your question. It, it's just a lot of fun. What is the, the driver of your campaign is there a is there a, a theme to what it is that you're all about and what you stand for and what your political ideas are about well i am a true christian constitutional conservative i think that that is one of our problems that that has gotten away from from our government uh throughout whether it be um uh 
federal government, state government, local government, there are areas that we, we've taken our focus away where we should. Uh, the, the, the theme has been, and I'm being told this by people as I knock doors and go to businesses and have meetings with teachers and, and medical staff and, and police officers, that I'm the people person. Uh, I, I'm a voice of a people. Our voice needs to be heard. Uh, people are, are tired of, of not being able to have somebody they can contact to, to get direction or, or, and so forth. So I guess the theme would be I'm the people's, uh, people's people. What do you feel like the role of state government in our lives should be? Well, I got asked this by a group of about 25 retired individuals uh, from all walks of life. Some were blue-collar, some were white-collar, some were extremely educated. And they asked me what my opinion would be when I went, once I went, win my election and, and go, go to the Capitol. And I, and I told them this. I said, it's not necessarily what my opinion is. Uh, what I feel my job is, is I need to listen to your voice, and I need to take those needs to the Capitol to work for District 42. Uh, my opinion, of course, is important, I guess, to a point, but really the most important opinion is is the people's opinion. What do they need? What What is going to help us get jobs? What's going to help us move forward? What's going to help put Christian constitutional values back in our forefront? What are you hearing from people that you talk to? What, what, what is their biggest concern right now about state government? That it is too much of a bureaucracy, that it is a good old boys club, that unless you've got a fair amount of money and part of the elite, uh, you're not heard from. And, and they like the fact that there's a voice of fresh air there that, that is willing to, to listen to the people and fight for the people and, and, and do what's necessary for the people. To, to bring everybody together. Uh, one of the things that I have pushed since day one is education. Our teachers are so important because they're teaching the people that's going to be in charge of you and I one day. And if we don't let our teachers be able to do what they need to do, reduce regulations, pay them more, let them do their job, we're going to end up being in a situation similar to Venezuela. We used to be the envy of our education. Our education system used to be the envy of many. Now it's not. The, what teachers are telling me is there's too much red tape. They're not allowed to teach. Look what's going on now with this COVID. Uh, bless their hearts, these teachers are being added extra extra duties uh, with, with being able to teach children in front of them, and now they're having to worry about how's the best way to teach children that are afraid to come in or their parents are afraid to bring them in, so they're doing it electronically. It, it, it's it's such a difficult time for them. And so teachers have been one of the things I've pushed so hard for, uh, screaming to the rooftops, just trying to get their voices heard. Dennis Bynum is a candidate for the Tennessee House in District 42. How about higher education? That obviously hits home here. Uh, is the state doing the right things in your view of, of what needs to be done with higher education? Higher education, we are blessed to have Tennessee Tech here. It is an outstanding university. It, we're so happy to have it. I put two children through there so far. Um, it's a great place. We are fortunate. The scary thing is, is that's not the case all over the state, and of course, all over in our country. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of liberal ideas are being pushed uh, upon our wonderful children to where they leave home with one way of thinking, and they come back home a year or two later, and it's completely flip flop. I, I think we've been lucky with Tennessee Tech. That's not been the case. But I think that as a, as a voice, 
We need to make sure that it's the job of a teacher to give them the education. It's the job of the student to learn. We don't need that student taking that teacher's uh, own opinion and making it theirs. We need them to develop their own opinion on how things should be, how, how you should react, how you shouldn't react. And that's one thing that we are losing, not at Tennessee Tech, thank God, but at many other universities. You have owned and operated businesses. How does that help you uh, going the opportunity to go to Nashville and, and try to run the government and help influence the government and how it runs? Well, I think owning a business, operating a business, being responsible for hundreds of people, not just the employees, but their family members, their children, and so forth, their livelihood. I think it's important to have that knowledge when you're going there and you're working with the other legislatures to come up with things that are going to better help your constituents. They, they, they want somebody there that has their back, that's going to do something to make sure that their jobs stay steady, that their education uh, increases, that their children are taken care of, that our taxes remain low, that our government remains, remains fiscally fit. Uh, it, it's several things all in one. Uh, it, it's, it's a job that I'm looking very forward to. I've got probably 20 different uh, ideas that I want to take to the legislature and, and share with everybody else. Uh, to, my focus, of course, is District 42, but I think a lot of these will end up being something that can help other areas in Tennessee and make Cookville, Allgood, and Baxter a shining light on a big hill like we should be. When you look at District 42, and especially maybe even more so the areas that surround Putnam County, uh, you see the need for health care, especially among those that uh, are not in a position to pay for it always. Uh, Where do you come down on what the state should be doing in in providing health care to those who are in need? Well, I think, first of all, health care, that's a tough one. I am completely against Obamacare. It has created so many voids in our health system. It has raised costs to where people can't afford to have that care. Then they get to the point they get sick. They're afraid that they can't go to the doctor because they can't afford it. Uh, it. It creates a conundrum there that I think we all need to sit down and we need to work on. Uh, this, the state should let the doctors and nurses do their jobs, get the insurance companies out of it where it's not a monopoly, reduce the cost where everybody can have affordable health care, where they can have affordable prescriptions. I was very thankful to see our, our wonderful president the other day uh, sign off on trying to reduce the cost of, of prescriptions. That's a, that's a huge step. It is not done. We need to continue to reduce these regulations. I think we need to get government out of health care and let our doctors, our administrators, our hospitals work on something that's fair and, and equal to everybody. Dennis Bynum, what is your sense of how the state is doing at uh, keeping up our uh, our infrastructure, one of the big ones being the roads and highways that we all use every day? Well, you know, we have been fortunate. We're, we're in a beautiful state. To me, uh, my two favorite states, of course, Tennessee's number one. Texas is number two. Uh, we're, we're very fiscally, fiscally fit. Uh, we, we do our best to try to take care of our people. Um, roads, bridges. Railroads is something that's not just a, a forefront in Tennessee, but it's all over the nation. And I think it's something that, you know, in taking care of things like that, it creates additional jobs. Do we need to, to continue to take care of stuff like that? Absolutely, we do, because our infrastructure creates people to be able to get to work quicker. It gives them an, an option to for shipping. I mean, we're a huge farming community. we got a lot of trucking going on here. 
so, so important. So uh, to answer your question, are they doing a great job? Uh, absolutely. Do I think they can do better? Amen. Yes, they can. If someone goes to the polls and puts your name on their ballot, what are they getting from Dennis Bynum? They're going to get someone that, first of all, I am retired, so I'm able to put 100% effort towards this job. I'm not doing it for fame or, or fortune. Uh, this job does not pay anything. Uh, I'm doing this for the people. I'm doing this because I need. we need our voices heard. I'm going to fight for everything that I can. I'm going to always put my Christian values first, and I'm always going to listen to your to your voices. From day one of running this, I have put my cell phone out there, my personal cell phone. I take calls from everybody all the time. I want to hear their voice. I want to get their ideas. I want to find out what, what their needs are, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that voice. I'm going to make it be heard, and, and, and we're going to do our best to, to take care of everybody and, and make sure that, that – our focus stays on the people and not on some elite status that's somewhere else that, that doesn't have anything to do with Cookville, Allgood, or Baxter. Dennis Bynum, candidate for the Tennessee House in District 42. Dennis, thank you for the time and letting us find out where you stand on some of the issues. Thank you, Mr. Stone. Great talking with you. Ha- have a great and blessed day, everybody. House District 42, one of the battles on Thursday nights. Meet the Candidates continues from News Talk 94.1 and Light Rock 95.9. As we sit down with Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams, as you look at your time in Nashville, can you point to a couple of things that you are most proud of that uh, have been accomplished? Yeah, I think uh, obviously uh, when I tell people that I'm the state representative from Cookville, most people seem to say, well, the home of Tennessee Tech's Golden Eagles and you know, it's always interesting uh, that that's one of the first things it's said. But since I've been the state representative, we spent, we've been able to spend more money and do more capital improvements at Tech than uh, I would say since Derryberry was there. As you know, you they just opened a new student activity center there. Science building is underway. Engineering building is uh, being designed. Uh, lots of things, lots of capital maintenance projects, but also been able to fund. Uh, raises six out of the last 10 years uh, there for those employees. It's a really integral part of not just our community, but also our economy. Uh, And to be able to support tech all those years has been really, really important. Uh, Also, uh, I would say education for our K-12 schools. We've spent over 14 million new dollars uh, since I've been there in K-12 education. So I'd say education has really been the centerpiece, really, of my service as it relates to Putnam County, but really proud of what we've done to to invest in our students at every level, really, in our community. There continues to be the tug, and I guess it will always be there, between accountability in education, particularly K-12 education, between uh, testing and, and making sure that there are goals that are set while at the same time allowing teachers to teach. How, how do you feel like the state is doing with that issue right now? Well, in in all honesty, because of challenges with the testing, uh, because of implementation of the testing, uh, it's been a, a real challenge. Uh, in spite of a lot of the efforts we've done to try to support teachers and fund uh, programs and, and give students and administrators the resources that they need to be successful, in most cases, we've been putting off tests because of testing issues. And so 
But what you've seen over the years is the resiliency of our of our teachers and our our students. The results, in spite of the challenges, have have improved uh, for those years that we counted, because there are several years which we haven't uh, counted those measures, unless they've improved uh, the teachers' performance and and consequently their pay. We've done that. I think. Uh, you know, the state, uh, there's a little bit of a misnomer. The state only requires a, a, a test in, uh, to, to manage where students are in the beginning and a test at the end. Uh, but a lot of the testing uh, uh, across the state is blamed a lot of cases on the state because it's easier to. But, you know, a lot of the decisions about how much to test and how often tests are actually made at the local level. And so we did that in order to give them each school board the autonomy that they need to do what they feel is in the best interest of students. And so in Putnam County, I think they've done a fantastic job of trying to weigh the balance between those. Uh, it's our job uh, in the state legislature to give them the resources they need uh, and try not to get in the way. How difficult is it to give areas like Cookville and and, and the region as a whole a voice in the legislature when Nashville is growing at the rate that it's growing, Memphis, obviously a major city, Knoxville and Chattanooga also growing. Right. Yeah. Um, ironically, it's uh, it's really about relationships uh, in politics and in relationships in, in my instance with the governor, uh, Bill Lee. He and I are really good friends. It's about building relationships. And prior to him, Bill Haslam and I were able to develop relationships, Speaker Sexton and I are have a good relationship we came in together and so those relationships are what give you a greater voice than those that don't have those and of course i would argue also that putnam county since i've been elected to office has grown at an exponential rate i mean when i look back at the number of jobs we've added over the last 10 years 2870 jobs 300 million in capital investment, uh, new new investment in existing and new businesses, it's pretty amazing. And so, it's really your job to to, to push your community to the forefront and do that. And when you have good relationships, it makes a huge difference. Can you point to some things that still need to be done as it relates to getting business uh, into this area? As as it relates to removing red tape from businesses across the state overall right no it's really good Uh, this year we passed the first reading for a constitutional amendment to make tennessee a right to work state i think this is something that uh as businesses in california and texas and and illinois and others all across the uh, the nation looked to Tennessee. It, it's really, uh, even though we've had right to work laws in Tennessee for years, 72 years, I think, to be exact, uh, having a constitutional amendment on uh, rep- uh, uh, instilling it as a right to work state is really important. Uh, that that means that your investment dollars aren't going to be impeded uh, if you come here. And I think that's one of the things that's been uh uh, really good. One of the things we also have done is we've cut the franchise and excise tax uh, four years ago. And so we saw an influx of distri- uh, distribution businesses like Amazon just announced a new fulfillment center in Lebanon, which is pretty big. But we just need to continue to do things like that. One of the things that makes Putnam County an, an integral part of that, too, is our quality of life. I mean, we've been able to add two new parks since I've been there, Cummins Falls. Wind of Cliffs, uh, natural area. It's 
and the number of visitors that we have coming here, once they come here, they want to stay. They they really enjoy it and be surprised how many people I've met knocking doors that just say, we came here, we visited, and we, we found out this is where we want to live. So it's pretty amazing. Tourism is, is fast becoming uh, a really major part of this region's economic base. Yes. It is. Uh, it has become... Uh, and and I think we knew it was really important before, but with the onset of COVID and even closing parks, you know, I didn't realize what an impact that would make just to the overall economy of our local community, but also to the mental health of our overall community. Because parks, we found in these times, have been a, a, a real respite for our communities to be able to go and, and get outside and participate and do something together as a family. And so uh, it's not just always about revenue, too. It's also about our mental health. So I think that's really important. Ryan Williams running again in the District 42 for the Tennessee House as we prepare for Election Day. Infrastructure. Uh, as you grow, and Cookville and Putnam County are in that area, you, you need more roads, you need better roads. Is, uh, in, in your approach, the state doing enough to make sure that not only here but all across the state that our infrastructure is taken care of? Yeah, I think uh I think we I think we're doing all that we can do at this point. I think, you know, the problem is is when I was a city councilman years ago, uh we we thought it would be 8 million dollars I think it was to widen 10th Street. Of course, now it's pushing 40 million dollars. Uh and so there's never a better time to to improve roads and build infrastructure uh in your community than right now. It's only going to get more and more expensive. Uh the problem is it does take a long time to deliver a project because of right-of-ways and, and purchase of land and things like that. But I think the state's done a really good job. Of course, we've added the fifth interchange and uh, partnered with the locals in order to do Tennessee Avenue and really a connector road there. But, you know, the, we've we've done a really good job of funding our local through State Street Aid and through our local county um, road departments and city road departments being able to fund those local roads. The big challenge is maintaining them. And so I think the state's done a really good job in the way we pay for roads without borrowing money. You know, you just do as much as you can at the time. And I think we've done really well. Most people say that when they drive through Tennessee, they're very pleased with our roads, but we could always do more. Another part of uh, infrastructure, obviously, in today's age, Ryan Williams, is broadband access. Uh, yeah. where do you feel we are as a state uh, in that process? Well, you know, the the broadband becomes a really important area here in rural. COVID kind of uh, really put a magnifying glass on it because rural broadband is completely necessary to allow kids the ability to get on some kind of Internet in order to do virtual education. What we found is that not only was the speeds not high enough, but in the last four years, we've invested $110 million in rural broadband grants. Uh, some of those recipients are, are folks like Twin Lakes here in Upper Cumberland. They've been able to provide services to others. Uh, but this is, this is a huge issue, uh, and particularly in rural areas like ours, where uh, we're so reliant upon those, uh, um, as we said, tourism places. If there's no broadband or there's no access there, you can't open a retail store or have a campground or buy gas because you need this um, 
broadband just to be able to have a point of sale system. And so very important that we continue to invest in those and those companies. And also Senator Bailey and I found ways in order to encourage those folks that are here to expand their services instead of sitting on their laurels uh, and not growing their businesses in our community. It's one of the more interesting points from COVID is I think it opened a lot of people's eyes that aren't as close to it as, as maybe you are or those in the industry. There are a lot of people in this region as a whole that still don't have access to high-speed Internet. They, exactly. And and you and it's not just uh, our neighbors to the north in Fentress County or Overton County. It's in Putnam County. It's in Baxter and Double Springs and, and Robert Switch and uh, you know, it's some, uh, on, on Monterey mountain, I get so many, I call it Monterey mountain or Buck mountain. As you say, there's so many people there without high speed internet. It's, it's very difficult. I get more calls about that area needing assistance because they can't fund, they can't get their orders into their business because they run their business out of their home. Uh, it's a very, uh, very important component to seeing us be able to grow our community in ways that uh, we want to technologically. And so, you know, one of the big investments tech's made uh, and, and businesses made here is uh, SAIC. And they came to Cookville because they did have high-speed Internet downtown. But if they would have gone two miles outside the city center, not 20 miles, but two miles, they couldn't have done it. So that's what's uh, that's how in what an inhibitor that broadband and fiber really can be. Finally, Ryan Williams, why do you continue to serve? You know, it's a great question. A lot of people ask me uh, as I'm knocking doors uh, recently, but, you know, there's something in, I guess, the way that I was created or born, I I just really enjoy serving people. My grandmother used to say, oh, you're going to be a pastor when you get older, I think, and and I have a heart to serve, and it's just been a big, a real joy of mine. And so once you're in it, though, you realize that not only do I enjoy this, it's it's an honor to serve, and there's so much more to do once you're in there. You know, it's, it's much like this rural broadband issue. And so we have a lot more to do in education. We have a lot more to do in those cases. But really for me, it's just the honor of being able to serve the people of the Upper Cummins that uh, – that wasn't where I was born, but that's where I've raised my family and married a girl from here. It's been a, an absolute honor. And so it's my hope that people will look at my record and my service and say we want to send him back to represent us. And so would really appreciate their vote. Ryan Williams, candidate in District 42 for the Tennessee House as we head to the polls Thursday. Ryan, thanks for the time. Thank you, Larry. Have a blessed day. Let's turn to the Monterey Board of Aldermen race as Meet the Candidates continues from News Talk 94.1. There are challenge selections in Ward 1 and Ward 3 Thursday night. Let's start in Ward 1 where Julie Bohannon faces off against Amy Callahan Martin. Julie Bohannon, thank you for being with us. It's nice to be here, Larry. Thanks for calling. Why do you want to be a part of the Monterey Alderman? Uh, The Alderman... As you know, I was a cultural administrator for six years, and we've started some really good programs. And And with our new cultural administrator, uh, Rafferty Cleary, who worked for y'all for so long, and y'all really trained him well to be out in the public, it, it's just a, 
um, I wanted to be able to be in a position where I could support him. What did that experience in working in, in town government, what do you think that gives you an advantage in now trying to uh, oversee, let's say, town government? Um, the connections that I made while cultural administrator with the state and county uh, have been, it's, it's just invaluable. You know, those relationships are so important. And right now, uh, Monterey has a very good relationship with county and state and we've been able to uh, get more funding and more projects done in in town than we've been able to do in years. And the last five or six years, we've really seen improvements. And um, that's that's it. The connections uh, are what I learned while I was a cultural administrator, and how how government works. Um, you know, you really don't have any idea of how how it really functions unless you've been in the middle of that. It feels as though there is a lot of positive momentum around the community. Am I reading that right? You really are. Yes, there is is uh, a, an attitude now uh, here in Monterey of, of being able to accomplish things where before. You know, we just felt like we were hitting a brick wall. And with the current administration, Bill Wiggins has really done a great job of building relationships. And uh, and that's what it's all about anywhere you go is, is your standing in the state and in the county and then the relationships you build with those people. One of the most often talked about issues as it relates to residents of Monterey is trying to increase commercial and retail development. Are there things that the, the, that the town and the, the board can do to encourage that? Yes, the encouragement. You know, as you know, government's only responsible for infrastructure and safety of its citizens. So, you know, we really, uh, what we can uh, do is provide an environment, an inviting environment that uh, retail and commercial would love to come into. And that's what we're trying to do is create that environment uh, where they know that, you know, their water is going to be there, their safety is going to be there, their roads are going to be repaired, you know, so that uh, people can come and, and own a business in a, in a positive environment. I guess a perfect example of that is the extension of water uh, underneath the interstate. Yes. Yes, that is a very exciting project right now. Uh, I was in that team of collecting uh, data from the people that live on the other side of the uh, the interstate that their input um, and how why they thought it was important for that to come uh, be a be a project that we worked on. They. Um, you know, that encouragement and those letters of, of uh, recommendation and all for for that project to get completed. And we're very excited about that one. Julie Bohannon, where do you feel like the community is in terms of its fiscal responsibility and, and making the best use out of money? We absolutely have done that. Now, you know, we don't have a huge tax base, which is something that... Uh, that creating that positive environment for uh, businesses to come in would lie, you know, but um, 
fiscally, uh, right now, we are making very good use of our tax money, and we're leveraging that with uh, state and federal grants uh, that have been most of our projects, our trails, and the one that we're working on now and with Burks, uh, creating a safe place for children to walk to school uh, is out of the health department. You know, we, um, so we're, we're leveraging our funding with uh, other funding agencies. And, uh, and then, you know, we, we have had to borrow some money to get roads and, and all fixed, but I think that that's a good investment. I think that uh, um, we are completely managing our taxpayer dollars, uh, leveraging them with grant money, and also uh, p- taking a risk and making it a little better so that it, it does become uh, more of, of, of a positive environment for um, people to come in, move in as residents, or uh, as, for business to come in. The trails, the, uh, the 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 Whitaker Park projects, the things going on at Meadow Creek Park. How important of uh, how important is quality of life to the role oh, of the alderman? Well, now you're speaking my heart because I've poured into every one of those projects, and they're uh, beautiful places. I mean, it it would have been irresponsible not to develop the lake at at, at Meadow Creek and the trails out there. It is a beautiful piece of property. And, you know, we, the, the citizens already own it. It's already ours. So why wouldn't we develop that so they can go out and enjoy and take the family and, uh, fish and hike? And it's, it's such a restful place. And people need that. We need that. You know, our, our factories are, uh, Purdue and Cumberland Container, um, have contributed to those projects, Whitaker Park and all of them to make it so that their employees and can go have a break and get restored and, you know, recreate, have wonderful recreational uh, places to, to, uh, it makes them better employees. It makes them better residents. It makes us better people to have those places to go and rest and rejuvenate. Julie Bohannon, one of the roles of, of being a part of the board and the leadership is just your style of leadership. How would you describe how you try to lead? <laughs> uh, by the seat of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I uh, confessed to not being that smart, you know, but I know people who are. And, uh, and I plug into people that know things, you know, I, I plug into their intelligence and, uh, I'm a, a connector. I connect people and, um, make once again, those relationships. And, uh, that's, I'm, I'm more of a servant than a, a leader. You know, I, I was, you can tell me what to do and I can get it done. And, uh, so as far as leadership, um, I, I, I'm more of a servant. You show me what needs to be done, and I'll, I can get it done. If someone goes to the polls on Thursday and they cast their ballot for you, what 
are they getting as an older woman? Commitment, uh, compassion. I, I seriously want everybody in Monterey to have that quality of life, that assurance that their tax money is going to what it needs to be doing to, for protection and infrastructure. I'm here for the long term. I want to see these projects completed. We've started some really great things, as you mentioned, the positive momentum going here. And I really want to see that. And, uh, you know, my children, great-grandchildren, grandchildren are all here. And I want to, I want their quality of life to be um, what it should be up here where hilltops kiss the sky. You know, this is, this is a great place to live and raise a family. And uh, I just want to see that tradition continue. Julie Bohannon going against Amy Martin Thursday night. Why do you want to be a part of the Monterey Board of Aldermen? Well, I served on the Board of um, Aldermen for three years previously, up until about oh, six months ago, and I stepped back to do some training, take some, um, a course to further my personal economic situation. And I've always been um, interested in my hometown, of course, but I have, um, you know, three years of experience being an older woman, and I also have experience throughout my life's training and work experience that I feel would be beneficial to my community and my town. Can you share with us a little bit about uh, your background and uh, the work that you do? My background that would be beneficial to my town would be my 20 years uh, working in the legal field as a legal assistant. I started in Richmond, Virginia, and I was trained by some really knowledgeable and intelligent um, attorneys. And I worked in the field of commercial real estate, which gave me a thorough knowledge of city planning and community development and zoning. And I feel like that's a, a valuable tool to have, you know, in understanding uh, planning of a of a government and a town community such as Monterey. It could be beneficial. So that's just one thing. And then I have um, administrative experience. I worked 10 years with my husband in a um, insurance auditing and consulting firm. And that um, those attributes, I believe, would be beneficial to my community working in city government. I no doubt believe that you've been asked many times during your years on the board, how do we get more commercial growth in Monterey? Is that something that the Board of Aldermen and the city overall can, can, can work to impact? Yes, that's one of the things that I'm very interested in and also concerned about. Um, I believe that we need to be more aggressive in our marketing and to, and to pursue bringing industry in and better jobs into our community. There's actually two things. Um, there is There are things, mayoral conferences throughout the country, that a mayor can participate in, and they go and they market their town and um, say, we've got an available workforce here. What are you offering? What kind of businesses are looking to put um, industry in different areas? 
we've got an available factory here that's empty that maybe we could market to some sort of industry to come in here and and provide jobs for a lot of our citizens. And also, um, we were I was on a committee for two years, an economic development committee when I was on the board last year and the year before, but the chairman did not call a meeting, not one time, so I think that our marketing needs to be more aggressive as far as getting business into our town. So that is that question is a good one, and I absolutely agree. There's been talk uh, around the board over the last uh, several months, especially, about the need to look at uh, the pay of city employees. Is that something that you believe needs to be addressed? Well, I think pay grading would be something to look at. Also, capping on salaries would be something to consider. But Monterey is not like other communities around the surrounding area. We are a part of Putnam County, but and Cookville and the surrounding areas, and Baxter is thriving, and Augit is thriving, but Monterey is, um, you know, not thriving as well. So our economics wouldn't really be, you know, much of a consideration as far as other towns and municipalities in that respect. Do you support the work that has been done in the last several years to uh, work on parks and rec opportunities, the the walking trails, the different things that uh, have been pursued? Well, I think the walking trail is a fantastic idea, and I also voted for that when it um, came about. I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, What I learned after is that we have an annual fee that we pay for the walking trail to the railroad authority, and that was something that concerned me. That was for leasing the property that our walking trail is on. And so, of course, we have wonderful um, opportunities here as far as ecotourism is concerned, and our recreational opportunities are terrific, and the exposure that they bring to Monterey can, in the near future, be beneficial to our town, Um, you know, in the recreational opportunities and tourism. But our responsibility as a board in the town is to benefit the citizens of Monterey first rather than to tourism. But... I'm very excited and proud of our natural resources here atop the Cumberland Plateau, and we should capitalize on that most definitely. But like I said, we've got to provide for our for the needs of our citizens first. As you look uh, across the landscape, Amy Martin, of all the things that uh, that uh, a board of aldermen touches. Are there things that you see kind of down the road, maybe two years, maybe five years down the road, that that Monterey is going to need to address? Well, I think we need, the thing that we need to address um, presently is our fiscal responsibilities. We need to address that in a responsible fashion. Um, One thing that concerns me presently is um, the way we spend our money. And I say that because um, one of the things I learned was that we have to supplement our landfill costs to Putnam County um, to take our garbage down the mountain. 
So I feel like we need to try to be smarter and we need to spend our money more wisely and take care of our absolute needs first. If Did so- that answer your question? Absolutely. Or- no, that was that's perfect. So if someone goes to the polls Thursday and they cast their ballot for Amy Martin, what are they getting from you? Well, um, they're going to get someone that's very interested in our fiscal um, our fiscal ability to take care of our infrastructure. They're going to get someone who's going to be um, a watchdog over our funds and that is wanting to make sure or ensure that we're spending our money wisely and to um, the best fiscal ability. Also, I'm pro-Monterey. I'm pro-Monterey, of course. I want to market our town aggressively. I want to bring in business, and I want to take care of our citizens first. And I would say that sums it up. The two candidates running for alderman in the town of Monterey, Ward 1, Julie Bohannon, Amy Callahan Martin. Van Buren County voters in District 3 will vote for a county commissioner Thursday night. Terry Hickey and Rip Van Winkle facing off. Meet the Candidates continues from Light Rock 95.9 and News Talk 94.1. Rip Van Winkle, thank you for being with us. Uh, Thank you. It's my pleasure. What made you, the first time, decide to run for public office? Well, I began... Well, it's been over a decade ago, quite a while back. Uh, I wasn't too happy with a few of the things that were going on in the county. And I had never really delved into how a county operates, you know, how a budget's formed, how they decide what to spend my tax dollars on. And after I started doing a little research, I wasn't very pleased. So I decided to run for commissioner and see if I couldn't uh, lead that in a better direction. What is the thing or things, I guess, uh, the the biggest learnings that you have experienced during your term as a county commissioner? Well, uh, the biggest thing, you can't believe everything you hear. <laughs> um, you, you have a tremendous responsibility and county commissioner is a thankless job. Um, those people that do it, I mean, really deserve the thanks of the general public. The the ones that, that do it well, I mean, in Van Buren County, of course, we're a very small rural county. Uh, you get $50 for a committee meeting. You get $100 for a county commission meeting. But when I would show up at a meeting, I might have 20, 25 hours of research in just to be able, in my opinion, to make competent decisions during that hour or hour and a half that I'm there making $100. I mean, you have to be dedicated to your community. I mean, you have to, you do it to try to make a positive difference in your county. Um, The money has nothing to do with it because you spend so much time preparing for that short amount of time that you're in a meeting that the money's irrelevant. When you look at a decision that has to be made and you've, and you've done that research, how do you try to decide what is best for the county? 
Well, I mean, one of the biggest things that upsets people, of course, is what's being looked in the face right now, and that's a tax increase. I'm one of those people. I'm fortunate that um, I've been blessed with a good career. I've got a good trade. I do CNC machine work for a living. So, I mean, if they pass a tax increase, it's not, I'm not going to go hungry, you know. But we've got people out there. You've got a lot of people in Van Muren County, their own fixed income, uh, drawing, you know, SSI disability or people that are retired. And many of them, they just barely get by. And if there's a significant tax increase, it puts them in a real, it's a real burden on them. And and we've got probably a higher percentage of those people in our county than most counties. And, I mean, so first of all, you have to look at what the price tag is going to be. There's hundreds of things that will be brought before the county commission. It's not that the ideas don't have merit. It's not that the people wouldn't enjoy having whatever is being asked for, but it simply is it worth the burden that it's going to put on the people in order to provide it? And, and you have to weigh the pros and cons and, you know, and just do what you think is best for the people. Rip Van Winkle is with us, one of those running for the Van Buren County Commissioner. Uh, when you talk about the economies, especially in small, smaller communities, rural communities, people say, you know, we need to bring in more jobs. How How much can a county commissioner do? How much can county government do to really affect that? Well, in a county like Van Buren County, a lot of people don't understand what all it takes to recruit industry. We're at a big disadvantage in doing that in Van Buren County, um, especially in in this day and time, uh, because the only, you know, licensed, um, sewer system in the county is in the city of Spencer, and even they are limited as to how large a company they could actually hook up, you know, and service. And with EPA regulations and everything being what they are these days, it's nearly impossible to recruit a large manufacturer of anything of that type without being able to provide them, you know, with sewer and and adequate water and things like that. So, I mean, we really have to go after smaller businesses. We're not going to get one of these factories that employs 500 people. We need to go out and get 20 factories that will hire 25 people. Um, Because smaller companies and smaller businesses, we can provide them with the goods and services that they need to operate and be competitive. We simply cannot do it, you know, with a large industry. And a lot of people don't realize that. We do need the jobs, but there is so much competition amongst all rural counties for the same jobs. Unless you can invest significantly in infrastructure and industrial parks, it's really hard to recruit those jobs. And with the financial condition our county's been in for some kind, we simply haven't been able to invest that kind of money. This election is 
going on with the backdrop of of these financial issues that the county has been dealing with and the commissioners uh, especially how have you tried to deal with that as you have talked to neighbors and friends and those that uh, are considering you to return to the commission well been at a real disadvantage this year because of the situation with the virus i mean you really you're doing people a disservice if you go door to door and and try to talk to them. Um, I mean, because some people are fearful. Um, It's hard to talk with a mask on (laughs) for any length of time. And it's just, you really can't campaign this year uh, in the traditional manner like we have in the past. Um, I made up just a small postcard and, and tried to send one uh, to everybody in my district, uh, just ask them to keep me in mind. Uh, luckily, I do have, I mean, I've got over a decade of experience prior on the county commission. Uh, I actually spent four years of that time as chairman of the budget committee. And we've got several newer members on the commission right now, you know, that just don't have that much experience. And the county budget's a very complicated thing. Um, it takes a little while to figure out exactly how it works and to wrap your mind around it. But, uh, I mean, there are things you can do to cut cost. Uh, mainly, I just turned 60 years old the other day. I'm kind of old school. Um, you got to be willing to tell people no. Uh, just because an idea has merit, just because it would make somebody's life easier, if it's not in the best interest of the county or if you can't afford it, you, I mean, you have to be able to tell truth to power and you have to be able to say no. Rip Van Winkle, one of those running in Van Buren County for the county commissioners. Uh, thank you for having me on. For complete coverage of election 2020 and the news that matters to you, follow News Talk 94.1 on Facebook and Twitter. Tomorrow night at 6, the all-important race for Jackson County Clerk. Thanks for being with us.